0: Life Audio
1: The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com.
0: Because of Jesus, we now get to approach God, Abba Father, with freedom and confidence. We have a Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. We are invited into this intimate, confident relationship with God. And not only that, but Jesus has also given us his purpose through that. So when he includes us, it's not just Jesus' Father, my Father. It's not the Father. It's our Father, When he teaches us to pray that way, he's inviting us into the purpose that he had in the world. Hey, everyone, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, and we are in a series called How to Pray. And we're taking this time between now and Easter to really reflect slowly on just the Lord's Prayer as found in Matthew chapter 6. We're going through each section bit by bit over these next few weeks. And this is an invitation not to more, but to a little less, to a little space to slow down and stretch out your Bible study and to experience God perhaps in some new way. So that's what we're doing here together, my friends. If you're new here with us Thanks for joining us. If you want to get the accompanying free study guide that goes with this series, you can go to NicoleUnis.com slash how to pray, and we put that in the show notes. So if you want to, you can just jump in anytime, and we'll send that over to you. But we're in session two of this series, and we are going to be talking about Matthew 6, verse 9, just verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is going to be the focus of our time. And as we talked about last week, verse nine actually starts with this then is how you should pray. It doesn't say what you should pray. This isn't a formula. This isn't like specific words that we have to use. What we have is Jesus giving us a framework for understanding how we can engage with our God and how that engagement with God transforms our hearts and how all of our needs Are met in this prayer. So, can you pray differently than this? Absolutely. Is there more different ways and ways to pray and other words to say? Absolutely. But this gives us really what Jesus wanted us to know about prayer. And we start here in this opening. So, we're going to look at just this phrase, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I want to tell you guys where I'm hoping that this will take you after this next six weeks. My hope and my prayer is that you will have the Lord's Prayer memorized and that you know how to make. Make it personal. You know that each of these principles is at play, and the principle that we 're going to talk about today is the the nexus of our relationship with our heavenly father the the true essence of what that is. And that when you engage with the Lord's Prayer, you're able to put your own words behind it. You're able to know, oh, this is why these words matter. And as I spontaneously pray, as I praise God, I can know that these are the, the aspects of who God is that I'm invited to be in conversation with him about. So that's where we're going to go, hopefully through the whole thing. By the end of time, you're going to be able to pray this deep, wonderful prayer in the framework of the Lord's Prayer, because it's how we should pray, right? It's not what we should pray. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only.
1: Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's Unity Weekend. Dot .com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation.
0: So let's talk about this framework that we see here in this first verse. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So let's work through our live method. We're going to ask those four questions of the text and I'm going to bring you guys to a couple of different places in scripture today that kind of illustrate what we find here. So here the first thing you may notice if you ask that question, what does it say? And I want you to be focused on, in our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, what stands out to you? Of course, the first thing that I notice, that I think you're probably going to notice as well, is the use of that pronoun, that possessive pronoun, our, like our Father. Not my Father, not your Father, not the Father, but our Father, that we're immediately placed in community, that this prayer is a prayer that's meant to express community. It's not just an individual prayer. It's not just an individual Father but that we're invited into a possessive pronoun father, right? And then that second word father, of course, stands out. All of us have um, emotional connections to the word father, no matter what. If you've been raised with a father, if you've been raised without a father, if your father was a good example of God, if your father was not a good example of God. Whatever that is, you've got an emotional underpinning of what the word father means. And a lot of times I like to stop here and say, okay, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, if I say the word father, what is your one word association with that? Not, not in the Bible, just the word. Like, if you hear the word father, what's the first word that comes to mind? When I've asked this question in the past, I've had people say distant, disapproving, punishing. Um, overwhelming, dominating, loving, kind, patient, lots of things, right? Absent, um, hypocritical. There's all kinds of words that come with the word Father. So before we can even really engage with our Heavenly Father, I think we've got to be honest with ourselves about what that sparks in us. Because if we don't deal with it directly, it will impact the way that you experience God, because we use the word Father a lot, right? And a lot of us don't have a great experience or a great relationship with our earthly Father but when we think about the word father as placed here, when we ask that question, what does it say? We want to ask, well, what is, what is the intention of what a father truly is meant to be? Not your father, not the ways that he may or may not have let you down, but a father in general. And when I think about the word father and the, the, the spirit of what's behind a father, that sense of protection and provision, that sense of belief, like think about the idea that Jesus is inviting us to address the God of the heavens as our father and all the best and perfect that a father can be is wrapped up in who God actually is. And some of us just like, to need to stop right there and (laughs) slow down and say, okay, Lord, can you teach me what it means that you're my father? Like in the, in the perfect sense of the word, not in the way that maybe I've kind of like sort of had this osmosis experience of maybe because my father is distant, I see you as distant. Or if my father is punishing, I see you as punishing. Or if my father's condemning, I see you as condemning. Or if my father's absent, I see you as absent. And so we've got to kind of undo that and actually start from just asking the question, okay, what does it actually mean to have a father, a perfect father? And what would that perfect father be and do? Because God's inviting us to use that language with how we see and know him. So our father in heaven kind of connects in three different ways to me on what this actually means. First of all, it's a father, it's a relationship, and it's a purpose. Okay. So first of father, Romans 8 verses 15, it says it this, this way, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So, in Romans eight, we studied Romans last fall. In Romans eight, what we hear is this is the this is the process of what happens when we say yes to Jesus. When we receive Jesus's righteousness and life for our life, He actually imparts to us an adoption, where we ourselves are now sons and daughters of the living God. And that by Jesus's actions, we are able to now have this relationship with the God of the heavens where we can call him Abba is like an intimate expression that sort of means daddy. It's like a a very childlike and close personal relationship word. It's not just like a distant father, but a daddy. That we're actually invited, like, hey, because of what Jesus did, because of this adoption, this father that Jesus calls my father, he now gives us as our father. Like, he gives us his righteousness so that we can be adopted into that same kind of relationship. And what does that relationship look like because of Christ? Ephesians 3, verse 12. In him, meaning Jesus, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence so in these first two words that jesus gives us about how to pray our father we've got all of this stuff wrapped into that it's communal it's it's it, we're included we have now been given a familial relationship not just a distant father but a daddy Father, that we've, we've been given the opportunity to be adopted into a family where we experience sonship and daughtership with a God who then tells us that the way we get to experience Him is with freedom and confidence. Because of Jesus, we now get to approach God, Abba Father, with freedom and confidence. So before you go anywhere else into the rest of the Lord's Prayer, recognize the cosmic beauty of these two words, that we have a Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. We are invited into this intimate, confident relationship with God. And not only that, but Jesus has also given us his purpose through that. So when he includes us, it's not just Jesus's father, my father. It's not the father. It's our father. When he teaches us to pray that way, he's inviting us into the purpose that he had in the world. And we see that at the very end of this chapter in Matthew, as we work through the Lord's prayer at the very end, it says, Jesus says the last thing after he finishes teaching the prayer, he says in verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Like Jesus gives us this impartation of a purpose in our life, that when we're called into being people who pray, when we're called to be people who call on God as our Father, we're also called to be people who are people of the gospel. And the gospel, the good news, is forgiveness, That we're actually called to be people who live out a life of forgiveness and that we get to give the gospel to other people in the way that we love and forgive others. And you may think, wow, Nicole, how did you get there? We're just talking about our father. But that is the, just the absolute cornerstone of the gospel of Jesus Christ is forgiveness. And he calls us to that. He's like, Hey, I'm going to give you this new relationship. I'm going to give us this community experience of, of learning how to pray together. And by the way, the way you forgive other people is the way that you'll be forgiven. Like that is the cornerstone of what it means to follow me. And so this prayer, as we continue to, it actually orients our hearts towards this completely new way to live in the world where the number one thing that I'm offering is forgiveness. The number one thing I'm experiencing in my life is forgiveness. And I have these words that God has given me. And I have a place where I can come to him with freedom and confidence so that I can actually live into what he's called me to be, to live into the purpose that God has given me. If you don't have the Lord's Prayer, meaning not just know the words, but actually live out a relationship with God where you're experiencing what the Lord's Prayer gives us each and every day, then you can't do verses 14 and 15. You can't become a forgiveness person without this framework of how to pray, this way to engage God, because that's all we're talking about when we talk about prayer. We're talking about a conversation with your heavenly father and Jesus himself saying, hey, this is what you need as a human being to follow me, to live out your earthly life. I'm going to lay out what you need actually right here in scripture. And the first thing that we need is a proper understanding of our placement with God. And that placement with God through Jesus Christ is with God as our Father. And then that second piece we don't want to miss is that second part of the verse Hallowed be your name. So, hallowed is a word that means holy, uh, it's a word that means set apart. And so, interestingly, Jesus opens up with this very intimate expression that we're to come to God with this confident, intimate way of seeing Him. But right with that is an understanding of God's holiness. So we're seeing the intimacy of God and the majesty of God in the way that we open up our prayer to him, right? So this, our father gives us a father, a relationship, a purpose, and then this hallowed be your name. Another way to say that, if I was going to say it in a prayer is, help me God to know you and to set you apart the way you're meant to be known and set apart. That in the midst of understanding God as close and as my Heavenly Father, do I also have a better and fuller understanding of God as majestic and holy as the creator of the universe? And I mean, this, is a, this won't blow our minds as human beings. Like it's, It just goes against everything we understand to think that God would somehow be so personal to me and in my life, but also so holy and majestic and universal. And actually, that is the proper understanding. That's what creates humility in us. Humility in us comes from understanding, man, God wants to be personally involved in my life, but God is not my butler. God is not my genie. I I don't get to demand of God, but I can come to God, my heavenly Father, this Abba Father. I can come to him with confidence, but I want a proper understanding of who he is, the way he is meant to be known and set apart. And I'm actually petitioning God, like, man, will your name be holy in my life today? Father in heaven, will your name be holy in my life today? That is just a beautiful idea of the framework that Jesus is giving us in this very first principle from the Lord's Prayer. Psalm 36, verse 5 says, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. What would it be like for you to be able to hold together these two things, that you are known and loved and you are invited to see God as your father, that because of what Jesus has done, we have been adopted in as sons and daughters, and that God's inviting you to know more fully his majesty, his holiness, his bigness. And all of that is captured in our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. So my invitation for you this week as you work through our study guide and some of the experiences that we've given you is to just reflect on that alone, like to expand upon what that means in your own prayer life, to put as many words as you want around the idea of the fact that we have a shared Father in heaven, you and I and all the believers who've gone before us, who'll come after us, all the believers uh, in this earth right now. And that we want God to be known as holy. Like, we want to petition God that we might know him and love him and see him as he is meant to be known, loved, and seen. And that that can be enough for this week. If you turn your attention to God in that way, watch what happens. I know what happens for me. My spirit gets lighter. The worries that I have don't seem to be quite as um, worrisome. And just the perspective on who God is and where he is changes. And so I want to invite you, as you think about what this means for you, to engage deeply with your Father in heaven. Hallowed be His name. Amen, everyone. Talk with you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review it really does help people find us to learn more about nicole you can check out her website at nicoleunis.com her book on how to study the bible is called help my bible is alive and you can find a link to that plus a link to nicole's site in today's show notes